0: Welcome to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall here with Mike Haig for another fun-filled week of racing news, highlights, opinions. Uh, what else, Mike? What? What's another adjective or noun?
1: Excit- excitement. Did you excitement. use that word? No, yeah. I didn't. Oh, you did. I wasn't listening.
0: No, I didn't. I said I didn't. Well, I did. they said I did. <laughs> No, I did not. No, so.
1: no I tell you what, Don. It's great to be back on the uh, the air with you. It's great to be um, talking about race again. We came off an incredible weekend of racing. I thought at, um, at, at Indy this weekend with the with the it was really cool being able to see the Indy cars run and the Xfinity and the Cup cars there at the same track. Um, and then we had um, Formula One coming back. Um, they they raced over the weekend. And um, also, um, the NHRA is about to kick it off uh, or, or start back up again. So, just a lot of stuff going on right now, and um, a lot, a lot of stuff happened, and a lot of news events to talk about.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and controversy
1: too. We had a little bit of controversy
0: thanks to our president of the United States. Uh, when do we uh, not have controversy? Man. It would be newsworthy if we didn't. If we had a week where we didn't have any controversy when it comes to him so well mike i didn't properly introduce you though mike Haig from racedaysa.com so there we go get that out of the way make sure folks know to don and
2: hey
1: speaking of race speaking of racedaysa.com i have been hitting just outstanding numbers so i want to thank everyone who's listening especially if they've gone over not just on tracksmacradio.com but on racedayessay.com my number's done i have had a lot of people reading stories on the website these days well good and, and i'm really pleased i've been tracking the uh, the uh, analytics on there and uh people from all over the country outside the united states so if uh if you're listening and you, you read my website and the stories, I really appreciate it. Uh, hit, hitting on the site, checking out the pictures, and I've been trying my best to get everything up as quick as possible, so thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: No, Mike, you do a great job there, and, and I'm glad that the numbers, I'm glad people are, are, are tuning in and going to your site and reading the stories and stuff. Uh, I mean, it's, it's basically your one-stop shop, is what I yeah. say. That's and what they- I like about it.
1: And they like that Martinsville hot dog story that Dixie's uh, eats and drinks. Uh, That's my wife. And um, that story is from a couple years ago. But it's still the most read story on the website, Don. I think there were like 33 people that hit the uh, story over the weekend. I guess they wanted to have Martinsville hot dogs for the 4th of July or something so funny. He's got the recipe on there. Yeah, and our friend yeah. Matt Dillner on that story. He does a great video on that story. So uh, if you haven't checked out that story, be sure and check it out. But a lot of people have it's the most read story on my website. And it's deep in the archives. But uh, I just have to laugh about that because people love that story. And when you go to Google and type in Martinsville hot dogs, it's like the second or third story that pops up on the on the search list, so that's why probably why people uh, go check it out. But it's a great little story and a, and a great video that Matt Dillner did. So thanks, Matt. I'm helping well, you out too. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, absolutely. And and let's help out Matt a little bit more. I I don't have the date in front of me, but I know that that uh, Lost Speedways, I think, is what it is. Um, show is getting ready to start, and that's Dill Jr. and and Matt Dillner both put that together. And and I know yeah, that's something. Somebody- yeah, Matt wanted to do that for a long time. He's always been, in fact, he had kind of had a website and stuff up when it came to those kind of uh, Speedways and all. So, um, Mike, we're going to do something a little different today. Well, maybe not really, because you and I both will kind of intertwine a lot of times when it comes to running the show or doing things like that, but you, you had a specific kind of topic list that you wanted to make sure that we hit tonight and i want to make sure that we do that so the best way for me to do that is to say mike you lead us <laughs> in and out of stuff because if not then Don will go somewhere and 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 we won't get to it so uh, you're well, going to be our train conductor
1: all right i'll try to keep the train on the track <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i that. I'm,
1: normally I derail it at some point. that's
0: normally me and now I'm the caboose so that's even scarier we might really de- derail here go ahead though
1: <laughs> well I wanted to talk about the cup race first um, at Indy uh, Kevin Harvick gets the win uh, Dawn it seems like it's coming down there all these races to the Denny Hamlin or Kevin and man um, I thought Denny was going to run away with it and then boom the tire goes he goes in the wall and Kevin takes the lead I mean what do you think about the Cup race? Uh,
0: I thought the Cup race was was actually really good. I mean, I was I was glad to see it because I was actually concerned because we had seen such an amazing Xfinity Series race, yeah. and um, and also the IndyCar race was really really good. And so you had a lot of folks saying, you know, screw the oval, we need to just do, we need to do this road course thing, and you know, put the Cup cars, which. Quite honestly, I would like to see the Cup cars run the road course there too. Um, yeah. After what uh, we thought Xfinity or during that Xfinity series race. Now, with that said, again, those Xfinity series cars are set up and and made differently, so they can take a beating more than these Cup cars can. So, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure if it, if we would have seen as good of a race. But damn, that race, that Xfinity series race, those last laps was awesome i mean i don't have any other word for it
1: they even showcased it during the uh little delay they had for the lightning at the beginning they even showed it uh, the the highlights on the on the day of the cup race of the of the previous day's race there at the end they talked about it and man it was just it it was beating and banging and great passing that's what nascar racing that's what the fans want to see you know they want to see it go down to the wire and it basically did
0: is mother nature not a fan of the cup series?
1: It seems like weather's been an issue at a bunch of races this year, <laughs> especially lightning. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's. But you know what? Um, and if we think back, Mike, I know a lot of people, especially new people have been tuning in and listening and stuff. You know, all sports that are outdoor sports take lightning seriously, but NASCAR really over the last few years has, because if you think, if you remember, it was a few years back that a fan at Pocono, um, was hit and, and killed. And Mm -hmm. ever since then, they don't, they do not mess around if it's within a certain, you know, vicinity or whatever, um, square miles or whatever of, 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 the track, they're not taking any more chances with that kind of thing. And and as a fan and as someone who, you know, spends a lot of times and has spent a lot of time out during rain yeah. <laughs> at racetracks, um, tornadoes, <laughs> the other stuff I'm I'm actually I'm very happy to hear that. You know, that they take they, they're taking it that seriously. And so I know for a lot of folks it becomes a pain in the in the ass sometimes, but in the end, I mean, safety is the number one the, the number one thing that you don't want to hear about fans being randomly struck by lightning in the sands when that can be avoided, you know,
1: yeah, well, speaking of being struck, one of the crew members was struck on pit Road, that crazy mishap, and you know that pit road is very narrow. you mm-hmm. look like, do a Donald Trump here
0: Oh, <laughs> your hands are too big,
1: <laughs> that's true, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you know
0: what they say about big hands, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> it's going downhill it's going we're going off the track don come on now I'm
0: even, and i'm not even driving this train but go ahead
1: no but um the, the pit road is very narrow at indy and uh, they even talked about it how narrow it was and then boom there here comes an incident
0: yeah it was and,
1: uh and uh, uh it was his uh zach price a rear tire changer for ryan blaney he was hit by a car on pit road while servicing Blaney's number 12 Ford during that multi-car accident. I think he was, um, transported to the hospital. Um, I think he's doing okay now. I think he had some leg injuries. Yeah. Cool. I
0: think I hit too by Justin Allgaier there in the 48 car.
1: Yeah. And Justin was doing a pretty decent job in that car, mm-hmm. you know, for just jumping in there and filling in for Jimmy. Well, we're going to talk about Jimmy in a minute. Um, but Don. um, you know, Matt Kensif comes back this year in the 42, starts 21st, finishes second. And then Eric Amarola, strong third-place finish. I thought that was really great to see.
0: Yeah, no. Matt's had been up there a couple of times, and then for whatever reason, you know, things happen and he didn't get the finishes there. But uh, the two oldest competitors in the Cup Series finished uh, – first and second so yeah. Matt Kenseth being older than than Kevin Harvick a little bit I think,
1: I think Matt's going to get a victory this year I at some point and the other thing I wanted to say was a couple of highlights uh well Brad Keselowski was fourth I just want to run through the top 10 because there's some drivers I want to ask you about and talk about Cole Custer Mm-hmm. gets a strong fifth place finish after starting 30th dawn kyle bush was sixth. michael mcdowell he did a interview with nascar today that i listened to a little bit a little while ago um he started 27th and finished seventh thought he had a really good race tyler Reddick, who we're gonna uh, talk about here in a few minutes <laughs> started 13th finished eighth bubba wallace back in the news again Finishes ninth, great finisher Bubba, and then Joey Logano took tenth. So uh, a lot of young guys and uh, guys that normally don't finish up front were finishing in the top ten. So I was impressed with that as well.
0: Yeah, and Indy's a hard track. I mean, that's a long yeah. race, uh, and it's a it's a. So Mike, I mean, uh, great news for a lot of guys that we don't hear a lot about, and guys that you and I said last week were on our radar of, of guys to watch. I mean, Tyler Reddick has been doing very very well. And having good finishes but what i was saying is indy is a hard track too uh it's it it was hot and it's just it's a very hard track it's big and yet then it gets narrow and there's just different elements to indy uh and with really not made for a stock car no no i mean it's not
1: more for open wheel racing well, but the stock cars have done well at different times. They've had some really good races at that track. And then yeah. we've had some snoozers as well.
0: I love I loved the fact that um, all weekend, though, we saw Stuart Haas Racing uh, pay homage to their owner or one of their owners there, Tony Stewart. Uh, we had fence climbing, and yeah. that, was, that was great. I think it was Darian Grubb on Saturday Um and his comment was great. He's like, I'm too old. he said he was going to go out there <laughs> go out there to go climb the fence. And by the time he got out there to start climbing, they were already coming back
1: down. <laughs> you couldn't run across a truck fast enough.
0: <laughs> That's funny stuff. But, yeah, good times, though.
1: Uh, nine cautions for 43 lapsed on, 11 lead changes among nine different drivers. And the margin of victory was .743 seconds. So, uh, um, overall, I thought it was a good event we talked about the Xfinity race being really good, but, um, man, Jimmy Johnson comes down with COVID-19.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he, he, well, he tested positive. His wife tested positive yeah. and was showing symptoms. Uh, he was asymptomatic and you know, Mike, I'm really confused on a lot of this stuff, um, on how this is working because again, we've discussed this several times and you know that my employer, my boss is a pulmonary or an ICU pulmonologist. And so lungs are his specialty. He is right in the thick of things here in the Dallas area when it comes to the COVID-19 stuff. And so, you know, the things that he tells me are basically the CDC guidelines is what they are following at the hospitals or trying to follow, I should say. Um, And there's a lot of confusion because symptoms have been changing because this okay. the covid is morphing and mutating into different forms which is what they're they fear the most here come the fall when the flu kicks in is that the two mutating together possibly or something else but there's a lot of confusion as to testing asymptomatic testing you know testing positive for antibodies having symptoms and testing you know the symptoms uh, Chandra had symptoms of, uh, allergy type symptoms is what she went to the doctor for. And when they test her, and then also just in the testing in general, Mike, there are different tests and these tests that are coming back that you get the results for within a few hours. Um, yeah. those are those quick test results. Those are the ones though that I, I want folks to keep in mind, um, where they have been turning up 50% of the time, a false positive or a false negative. Um, yeah it's actually the reason the one that you do that comes back after a couple of days, that is the one that they tend to go by more fill or more is more, um, kind
1: of reliable,
0: reliable, or, or accurate. Accurate, accurate, yeah. Um, Jimmy, you know, as you know, as soon as his wife tested positive, he turned around and was tested. Let's make clear yeah. too, because I think there's some confusion too among people. People have the understanding or the, or what they think is, is that these NASCAR drivers and crew members are tested weekly. They're not tested. They, they do a temperature check, which to yeah. me is the stupidest thing in the world because A, I mean, if you're asymptomatic, you're not going to have a temperature and B, you know, that's your skin temp. I, I question those kind of thermometers anyways. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I, I was telling my boss this today and he, and while he agreed, you know, he, he laughed at me, but I'm like, you know, these new fancy smancy thermometers that they use at the doctor's offices and stuff where they just, you know, go on your forehead or whatever. I question how accurate they are because to me, and not that I would want my temperature done this way anymore, but to me, the most accurate temperature is the one that you get when you're a baby, and the one that they give to your animals when you go to a vet, and that's called up your butt. <laughs> I mean, it's an inter- <laughs> it's an internal temperature yeah, a
1: rectal <laughs> thermometer, yeah.
0: There you go. <laughs> See, off the rails. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but when you and I were kids, that, I mean, little kids back in the 70s and stuff, that was the method of choice. Yeah. of choice, it, was, well, it was, wasn't our choice, it was our no. parents' or our doctor's choice.
0: You knew what was coming <laughs> when they jellied that thing up. No, no. no. Yeah. It was that, that and shots, and I don't know which one I hated worse, but uh, <laughs> okay, moving on. But anyways... the fact of the matter is, is all they're doing is these temperature checks, skin temperature checks. And Jimmy would have never have known if his wife hadn't tested positive. He would have never gotten tested. And so he would have been out there at the track. Also, Jimmy had been in contact weeks before um, with folks. And then he had literally that week gone to Ganassi Racing to get fitted for his IndyCar seat that he was going to be testing in this week. I don't know. I mean, I guess we should go ahead and combine the two stories right now since we're talking about it. But um, today, the news breaks that Jimmy took two tests 24 hours apart from each other, and he's tested negative. So NASCAR has reinstated him. Um did t-
1: follow the 14-day protocol that they had set in place.
0: Exactly. You had asked me to talk with my boss to find out. Well, according to my boss, the way that the CDC guidelines are set forth, that, and this is how – what they would like for businesses and everyone else to be doing is if you test positive or someone you are in contact with has tested positive, you are immediately to self quarantine for 14 days. Um, Then in order to be reinstated to work or whatever you are supposed to, after 14 days have two, negative tests taken within you know i mean um, not in the same day but uh 20 at least 24 hours apart but you have to have two if you think back mike sorry you're there in san antonio and just a few or just a few months ago when the COVID thing first took um happened you remember that the those cruise ships that had happened they had brought in folks yeah. to San antonio and had quarantined them at a, a former base yeah. and one of the passengers was put in quarantine at a hotel or released to a hotel and i mean she had tested positive then she had tested negative then she had tested positive and i mean the tests were all over the place well she leaves her hotel and goes to a mall and then all hell breaks loose we have to shut them mall down the city's going nuts. so oh, okay. you you know how confusing this can get well Jimmy has not even set up the whole 14 days. Now, I've seen people say, okay, well, but he got two negative tests. According to my boss, here's the thing and a lot of where the misinformation happens the way that they have seen the pattern that they have seen is Jimmy could have tested positive. Now. Okay. Let me back up. I have seen people like Alan Kavana and others, uh, other NASCAR folks saying, well, we don't know how long he had been positive though. He could have been positive for days or weeks before that. We just don't know. And that's true. But from what my boss tells me is most people, when they get tested or when, okay, first of all, if you start showing symptoms, the likelihood is you have been exposed anywhere from 10 to 14 days before you started showing symptoms. That it usually takes the average person 10 to 14 days after being exposed before they will start showing symptoms.
1: So, okay, if- so For example, if you were around somebody that might have had it like, uh, say, July First, it would be around the 10th or the 15th before you would show symptoms.
0: Right. So, for example, we are, what's today? July 8th? Uh, The 8th. Okay. So, if you think back last week, we were going through, um, or the last two weeks, really. I mean, the, but last week, the numbers were skyrocketing. Well, a lot of that was because if you go back two to three weeks before that, that would have put you into early June and that was when uh, we had Memorial Day happen and graduations were happening and that kind of thing and so the the CDC and doctors and stuff said that the spike was probably or likely due to Memorial Day and those kind of parties and stuff which is why last weekend they were telling us, please stay in, do not go out for the 4th of July, because we are already here, level here, you know, skyrocketing. And now, you know, we're going to have the 4th of July. So if all you people are all together, then in two weeks from now, it's going to be crazy again, because it's going to take another 14 days or so before those people really start feeling it. And that's the way that the thing has gone. Now with that said, I could play devil's advocate from, from, you know, Alan Kavanaugh and say, Well, Chandra, or Chandra, I have a friend named Chandra. Chandra was just showing symptoms, or according to the story, she was, and she went and got tested that day that she was started showing the symptoms. So, sure, they could have been in asymptomatic, or they could have not been showing symptoms for a couple of weeks before. Um, but at the same time, we don't know. Maybe, and and Jimmy could still show symptoms later because we don't know if these tests are accurate or not, if, if any of that makes sense. So, and, and to think, and because I know another part of the story was that like four or five members from the Hendrick team that was around him have been tested and they all tested negative. Well, according to my boss, if you've been exposed to somebody, the likelihood is you will test negative if you turn around and go get tested immediately. Again, it's going to take probably anywhere from, you know, 10 to 14 days or so before you will show those symptoms or show up positive. So th- to say these guys are negative, they may be negative right now, but that doesn't mean in four more days or five more days. they. And how many of them are going to go and get retested? So my boss says that when you get a positive test, that what you are supposed to do is you are supposed to be quarantined. Uh, you're supposed to self-quarantine for those 14 days. But in in reality, if this was possible, you literally should be tested every day after for the 14 days is what he's saying. Um, and because that way you have more of a consistent, yep. you know, pattern or whatnot. Um, so again, but to, to go by one positive test and then you go and take two quick 24-hour result tests like that and come back. I just, to me, it sends a bad message, which NASCAR has been doing such a great job. I know. Such a great job. And it's, to me, it's sending out a really bad message to do this and get him reinstated as quickly as they are, because they're, it's basically NASCAR is kind of doing what Trump has kind of done. And like, I'm going to make my own rules up when there are, you know, specific guidelines that you're supposed to be following.
1: Yeah. And I thought they were going to follow the guidelines that they had set forth. And uh, apparently they're not.
0: Well, again, I don't know. I mean, all we can do is say, you know, we wish him the best and stuff. But, um, I mean, I know it makes guys in the garage area very nervous. And, you know, you just wonder because while he's one, it's going to – an outbreak can happen, you know, and I still think it's going to happen. No matter how – you know, again, what it's going to take, though, is how many of these guys – are voluntarily voluntarily getting tested, or how many of them are just showing up every week and getting their forehead scanned with a thermometer?
1: The forehead scan is what... How many
0: of them think, oh, I'm just having allergies right now because it's allergy season?
1: Well, where well, I'm suffering from, I mean, I could be... Yeah. I could have COVID-19 right now.
0: So anyway, so that's oh. that
1: situation, but... Well, we uh, have some audio I wanted to play. Uh, first off, when Jimmy found out... Yeah, and it please. Was We have first thing we have is uh, him, and this is his initial reaction. So I wanted to play it in case you didn't hear what he had to say after he found out he tested positive. So here's Jimmy Johnson. Good
3: morning, everybody. Not before the July. Wow, crazy times. Um, as many of you know, my wife and I tested positive for the coronavirus, and we are in our home in Colorado locking things down and doing our best, our very best, to try to keep our kids from having a positive test. We've got an interesting couple of weeks ahead of ourselves here and uh, certainly hoping that our symptoms stay asymptomatic and that our kids uh, do not end up with the virus. But I just want to take a quick second and thank everybody for their support, Uh, the texts, the phone calls, um, you know, the support on social media. Uh, Very thankful for all the well wishes. I certainly wish my team the best this weekend and hope that uh, Cliff and Justin are filling in for me Uh, can have a great day on track watching as a fan, unfortunately, and certainly hope that I can uh, be reinstated and be free of this virus uh, very soon so I can get back to my day job. And uh, certainly uh, hope that, you know, for my family's safety and wellness that, um, you know, this, this virus passes by quickly and, uh, and isn't any more uh, intrusive than it's been so far. Uh, once again, thank you for your support and uh, wish everybody the best on this 4th.
1: And there you go, Don, uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson, you know, Justin Algaier did fill in for him, but unfortunately, as we talked about earlier, (laughs) he was involved in that accident on pit road on lap 17 and uh, a lot of damage to his car. So Justin finishes 37th, but uh, this brought up uh, a lot of um, concern, you know, and question about for the other drivers, about making sure they have a backup plan.
0: Yeah. For sure. And um, um, I had known that they had a backup plan when they were within a day's drive. You know, that was part of the other yeah. reason was so, but I guess it's now it's like, okay, they have a backup plan and they can get a driver there or does the backup driver go with them? What's the situation, Mike?
1: Well, I don't really know if the backup driver goes with them, but I think they have to be on standby, but we, they did ask Kevin Harvick the race winner uh, I think it was Jerry Jordan from kicking the net asked him a question in the post race interview. And we have the audio from Kevin. Kevin talks about, and I'm going to play it here. Kevin talks about, um, you know, about having a backup driver at the plan, but then also the concern that they all have right now about trying to stay away from people. And cause these guys are racing for a championship. And the last thing you want to do is go down or have to sit out a couple of weeks, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, let's hear what he had to say.
1: So here's uh race winner, Kevin Harvick, and he talks about COVID-19.
4: Yeah, we've had a backup plan since, since day one. I think that was, you know, one of the things that, that NASCAR, um, you know, talked about from the very beginning, you know, and, you know, how far you get to the racetrack and, and the time frame, uh, how early you get to the racetrack and the time frame that is needed. But yeah, I think everybody, everybody, for the most part, I would assume has a backup plan. I know we do. And, you know, I think, um, Gosh, I mean, it's just uh, you do everything that you can do, and and you know, with um, with kids, and and you know, you still have to you still have to function, right? So uh, for for us, um, you know, we we tried to. I mean, I came. We we've, we've not been out to eat. We've not been to the grocery store. Um, you know, we, we do as much as we can at home. I don't know what I'd do if, if we didn't have kids, because um, really, you know, they they keep me. They keep me sane during the week and, and trying to keep them busy. Uh, Keelan's go kart career is, has been has been fun, and and you know we've gone out and got our own stuff and, and tried to compartmentalize everything that we have to just kind of be in our own little bubble uh, when when we do that. And, and that's that's really about it. And, and you know, I fly out by myself. I sit in the motorhome by myself, and and um, you know, it's 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 all you know, shortly you know, one day for the most part, unless we're racing two races, but yeah, it's tough because if you let your, if you let your guard down, you know, you never, you don't know. And, and, you know, for the most part you're walking around wearing a mask and, and 90% of the people around you outside of this bubble on a, on a normal day or not. And that's the unfortunate part is, is you have, you know, something as simple as wearing a mask and, and, you know, and, and when you're around people that could be, uh, beneficial for all this. So yeah, it's tough. And, and, you know, Jimmy's situation, I mean, it's that, terrible. Um, You know, I think we all are aware that it could be us and, and you just never know. Um, so yeah, you just, you do the best that you can and, and hope that works out.
1: And there you go, Don, Kevin Harvick there. And I thought he made some really good points that you never know.
0: Yep. You, you, you don't, I mean, I mean, you don't know it from the minute you go to the grocery store to to any of that. You know, you just don't know. So you have to do, which is why wearing a mask is so important. You've got to take matters into your own hands.
1: You really do. And, he, you know, it's simple as that. Uh, just wear the mask and stop complaining. And if we all do our part, maybe we can put this thing behind us. But unfortunately, there's all these, you know, resistors out there that just want to do their own thing and go their own down their own road and chart their own destiny. And I think it's really having an impact on a lot of others right now.
0: You know, the little girl I take care of is four years old and, um, just recently had to go, um, on a trip and was on an airplane and had her mask on the entire flight never pitched a fit. I've walked around in stores and stuff and I've seen kids with masks on and you don't see them screwing with it or whatever that they, they don't think anything of it. They wear it. Um, again, one of the other conversations I had with my boss was what about people with asthma or tell me also about this rumor about the carbon monoxide that you're breathing in. And he's like, all of it is, I mean, for lack of a better word, bullshit. And he said, first of all, there, there are thousands of surgeons out there who have asthma or, Breathing issues, and guess what? They can be in surgery for eight to ten hours a day in a mask, and they're perfectly fine. Uh, it doesn't affect asthma uh, asthma patients. And again, you're not breathing in your carbon monoxide. You can mask. I mean, the, things go through the mask. You know, I mean. Uh, so it's it's just people trying to come up with all these different you know, rules and stuff on it. it. It's so ridiculous or, you know, it's infringing on my rights. It's, it's, it's infringing on this yet. You know, it, it's just, uh, my favorite thing is, and again, I'm kind of getting political, so I'll back off of it here. But my favorite thing about all this is once again, it's just how people are hypocrites is um, you're infringing on my right. It's my body. I have the right to wear a mask. Oh really? Well, that's funny because you're the same people that like to tell me that I'm not, okay with doing things you know that's my body and making choices that are you yeah know, about my body so funny how that works anyways moving on <laughs>
5: it really is it really
1: is well speaking of getting political oh god our president of the united states monday morning <laughs> sends out a tweet mm,
0: yeah That Shock- shocked
1: the nation it was the number one trending story on twitter on monday for a while and he tweets out about bubba wallace and then the uh, news and you know, I thought we were behind all that. I thought we had um, learned from all that and moved on and, and um, learned that it wasn't a, a hoax, that it there really was something <laughs> there, but it wasn't targeted for Bubba. And then Donald Trump has to send out a tweet that just stirs the hornet's nest up again. And I just couldn't believe it when I saw the tweet. I thought, oh, here we go again. So, what do you think
0: about all that? It was so random. Like, I don't understand. I think you actually said this to me. Did he just like wake up one morning and see an old newspaper or something? Like, where the hell did he rip? It's like it was two weeks before, you know, or three weeks ago. He's a day
1: late and a dollar more than a dollar short on that one.
0: Yeah, I'm like, you know, but then this is what I think is going on as I just feel like he, he is sinking. <laughs> um, he's losing faith or folks have lost faith in him, people that were backing him or believing in him, especially when it comes to this COVID thing. Then you had, he was getting all sorts of criticism about this bounty deal on American soldiers, which up until today, he has refused to acknowledge anything. In regards to it um i mean hell even if he had a part in it i would be like if i was him the very first thing i would have said out there is look this is that right there is is total crap and if that is going on i'm getting to the bottom of it right now and um putin or whoever is responsible i will nail your ass to the wall if that's the situation nothing absolutely nothing said um and so I just think it was one of those things. Let me toss it out there to try to change, you know, the the distract. You know, that's all it's about is distraction. And his base eats up anything that's racially driven. And so, hey, why not go after a black athlete that was standing up for a Black Lives Matter deal? And
1: Well, here's here's what the tweet was in case you missed the tweet. It says, has at Bubba Wallace apologized to all those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax, capital H-O-A-X, question mark. That and flag decision caused lowest ratings ever, all caps, ever. So that was a tweet that he sent out, and it upset a lot of people in the NASCAR world, a lot of, especially a lot of the drivers. One of them was Tyler Redrick.
0: Mm-hmm. It also upset a lot of people in the Fox world because Fox Sports immediately put out, um, no, you're wrong. Actually, our NASCAR numbers have been up uh, 8% <laughs> over the last few weeks. So um, wrong again, Donnie boy, but go ahead. Yes, Tyler Tyler spoke out immediately.
1: Yes, he did, Don. And uh, I don't have his tweet
0: right in front of me, what he said. So, Mike, I do have the tweet if you want to hear it. And then it wasn't even just the tweet. It was the, um, uh, the gift after, I mean, <laughs> which was uh, from a movie where Denzel Washington just kind of slams the door on somebody. But yeah. basically, Tyler says, um, we don't need an apology. We did what was right, and we will do just fine without your support, is what he said in regards to the president's tweet.
1: Yeah, he was not happy. And
0: Not at all.
1: sticking up for one of his fellow colleagues and buddies. And that's what the guys do, or have been doing is I stand with Bubba. They've been supporting him. So, but you know, Don, well, I want to talk about Tyler here. He he tweeted that. And then a few, maybe an hour or so later, took the tweet down. Yeah. yeah. And that was the decision. He talks about it on the audio that we have in just a second. And we're going to play it and hear from Tyler why he did that, but, you know, I think Trump, going back to him, um, well, I think it took him, why he took him this long, I don't know why he tweeted this out. I I would have expected this a couple days after or right around the time of the story of the news when they were at Talladega, but, you know, I know he does this for attention, and this got 154,000 likes, that tweet. Sixty-two point six thousand retweets, and ninety-three point five thousand people commented on the tweet that he tweeted out. Mm. So, you know, that's a lot of people reacting to one statement. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even the media couldn't believe it. That, you know, they even asked during the, the White House press briefing, they asked the uh, press secretary there, uh, Kaylee or whatever her name is. Um, a
0: or whatever. Uh,
1: And she danced around it with a, you know, typical uh, party line, um, you know, uh, dance around, you might say, statement. But I don't know. I just thought it was unnecessary. And then it took NASCAR like seven hours to respond to it as well. I was a little disappointed that it took NASCAR that long. And NASCAR basically said they're going to stand behind Bubba. I was glad that they did. But I really think in their statement, I think they should have said that they were disappointed in the president's uh, statement that that was um, not really appropriate, I think.
0: Well, and in all fairness, Mike, uh, we're, we're going to hear from Tyler Reddick about um, why he pulled that tweet down. But um, yeah. immediately after Tyler did his tweet, Jimmy Johnson immediately did the uh, I stand with Bubba yeah, picture, which I thought yeah. was awesome because Jimmy's really been kind of the leader on that. I found though it quite disturbing that I wasn't seeing multiple guys, and in fact, I had retweeted and I wasn't calling out necessarily Clint Boyer. But I retweeted a tweet that Boyer had did that week of Talladega, where it was a picture of him with Bubba Wallace on their motorcycles. And he said, I'll, you know, I'll race this guy on a Sunday and ride with him on a Monday. Um, And he's like, you know, I stand with Bubba. And and basically, he also said, um, you know, you fuck with family, you you know, you fuck with us all. And that's exactly what he said. And, Uh you know, that they're family. And so you fuck with one, you fuck with them all. Yet I didn't see Clint Boyer making a statement. I didn't see it really and truly. All I saw, honestly, is I saw Reddick and I saw uh, Jimmy Johnson. And then I saw RPM actually send out or or put out something. Yeah. And that was it. And I find I found that quite disturbing when all these people walked along the grid walk and were there. You know, why the hell weren't you there standing up for him when this, you know, Um, when the president did what he did?
1: I thought the same thing, Don, and I thought that they kind of left Bubba hanging in the wind there, you might say, or hanging out there on his own on this one. I thought they should have come to his defense. I was surprised at rhetoric pulling it down, and I even criticized to you about Richard Childress that I was wondering where he lied and felt and all all that.
0: Before um, uh, Before you do the Tyler thing, I wanted to point out, that who I did see coming to the aid though, I was just naming looking for NASCAR drivers, but I saw J.R. Hildebrand. I saw uh, IndyCar. Okay. So I saw IndyCar drivers. I saw NHRA drivers. I oh, saw one yeah. drivers. I saw all these other drivers from different series coming and, and, you know, to his, I mean, basically saying, you know, look, I, I mean, we stand by Bubba and, and putting it out there, but these NASCAR drivers uh, you know, like you said, kind of. You know, we're all kind of sitting back. And I just, here's the thing: is it was an attack on Bubba, but it was an attack yeah. on the sport in general. It was. It really was. And also, uh, Magic
1: Irvin Johnson, you know, or uh, you know, Irvin Magic Johnson, uh-huh. you know, the famous basketball player, uh, said something really great. And Bubba was Bubba was really taken back because I saw a reply back to him, and I don't really remember what he said, but he really appreciated it. You could see the sincerity of Bubba's tweet but um yeah it was just it was a strange thing for Trump to do and it was very unpresidential like I was very disappointed in in him doing that especially Mm -hmm. the way he called out Bubba on that Uh, and I think maybe Trump had either either he was just trying to be mean-spirited or he had the total wrong information or hadn't heard the the latest update on all that, but I thought it was really uncalled for.
0: He was playing to his base, and the reason I say that is because the end of the tweet to me speaks volumes. He was talking about the damn Confederate flag, banning of the Confederate flag, and how
1: flag has caused the lowest ratings ever.
0: Yeah, which none of none of which was true, and to me, that's where that was a direct that's a direct attack on NASCAR, on NASCAR's credibility, um, on you know everything that NASCAR has been doing, he just attacked in a tweet and with misinformation and lies. And the, you know, so I agree with you. Every driver should have been disgusted by it. I don't care if they support him politically. You can still support him politically if that's what you want to do, but you should speak out on the fact that what he was saying was inappropriate and false information.
1: Especially after he did all that stuff over the weekend with the, with the fireworks and, you know, the thing about Rushmore and he was calling for unity and his talk and his speeches. And then he had the, the big thing at the white house, you know, with the, The flyover and the... He
0: was calling for unity, yet his people were out there harassing Native Americans and telling them to go home. Go back to where you're from. Well, guess what, geniuses? That's where they're from. You go back to where you were from, assholes. Um, But then, and then the thing, too, with the Bubba deal is literally two hours after that, he puts out the tweet about the Washington Redskins. Yes. It It was just racial bullshit tweets. I mean, people were like, are you kidding me? Like, if you didn't know that dude doesn't drink, you'd be like, is this guy drunk? My understanding is he does other stuff, but that's a whole nother deal. Um, I just, I don't understand. There's no reason. There's nothing that you can say, Mike, to justify that other than he's either losing it. And, and so for him to be question questioning Biden's, you know, sense of, or, or whatever state of mind is, is one thing, but he's either losing it or he has an agenda. And I tend to think he has an agenda and that's called trying to do whatever he can to keep that little base of his, that boosts his little ego and makes him go on these ego trips, feel good. So that's what he does it for. And to distract from the situation going on with the bounties on soldiers. That's all it is.
1: Exactly. Well, it was a big distraction, and but in, in, in a way, it played the NASCAR's hands because all the eyes were on NASCAR. Again, everybody's talking about NASCAR, and NASCAR is in the spotlight. It, like I said, it was in the number one trending story on Monday there for most of the uh, day, and I know it wasn't the attention NASCAR wanted, but why don't we go ahead and hear what Tyler had to say now, he was uh, criticized for taking the um, the tweet down, but then he also had an interview scheduled on uh, XM Serious NASCAR Radio that was uh, rescheduled. And I believe they had this uh, was it Tuesday or Wednesday when? No, it was yesterday that they rescheduled the uh, the interview. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is the interview from yesterday on XM NASCAR uh, or XM Sirius NASCAR Radio. Here we go
2: of days
6: what started on social media hit the mainstream national media in, in a big way. The President of the United States asked for an apology from Bubba Wallace after what transpired in Talladega. Driver Tyler Reddick tweeted out in response to that in support of his friend, Bubba Wallace. The tweet was taken down, setting up a, a lot of national debate. Tyler Reddick, driver of the number eight RCR Chevrolet, joins us now. And Tyler, first of all, uh, thanks for being with us. We really appreciate you coming on and talking to us uh, about, I know it's kind of a difficult subject for you, uh, but what, what went into the tweet? Why the tweet in the first place?
2: Well, uh, you know, I think first off, I should say is I stand by my comments on Twitter and, and their support for my friend Bubba Wallace and fellow competitor, uh, you know, and the direction that NASCAR is moving. So that was the, the beginning of it, um, you know, but after reading the president's tweet, you know, I, I responded emotionally. And soon after, I quickly realized what I be, beco- what posted was becoming extremely polarizing. So being a young, confident rookie driver in the Cup Series, it, its I did not want to create more division. It's, it's important that what we need now more than ever is unity. We we need less barriers between us, not more. So the conversation around our sport should be more focused on how to support each other and be inclusive. We want everyone to be able to enjoy NASCAR. So I'm extremely proud of the steps we've taken since returning to racing to become more inclusive. and. Again, I, I stand by my comments and their support of Bubba Wallace and the direction that NASCAR is, is moving forward.
6: Tyler, what went into the decision to take down the tweet? Did you feel pressure, and, and if so, uh, from where?
2: Well, you know, after having many very in-depth conversations with men and women at RCR, the decision was, was made to delete the post from Twitter.
1: And there you go, Don. That's Tyler Reddick, and um, that's why he took down the tweet.
0: Yeah, he was obviously, he was on Trading Paint there with John Roberts and Chocolate Myers. Uh, yeah. on, it's kind of a, one of their midday shows there. We've had John Roberts on the show before. I'd love to get Chocolate Myers on, too. Yeah, It'll great to have. Mike, one of the things that I had seen, one of the tweets that I saw during that time came from Jenna Fryer from the AP, and, and I thought she nailed it. She asked the question, um, what I can't wrap my head around is, the Confederate flag band was first led by Brian France on uh, and on the record supporter of the president and two NASCAR as an industry allowed day one of the Daytona 500 to turn into a rally. Why attack NASCAR? Yeah. True. I mean, and he had his damn car in the race. Yeah. It's like, are you aware? Do you know that a pack paid for your car? (laughs) I don't get it. I really don't. I
1: know. I know.
0: But he buys into that stuff that he's, that we've all been seeing of I'm not watching NASCAR anymore. If I can't bring my flag. When we know that the majority of NASCAR fans, that's not representative of, of the majority of true NASCAR fans. That's just people talking shit. Um, so, (laughs) you know, that's why he basically put that stuff out there and, um, you know, Mike in the end though, it Bubba Wallace has really benefited in a way. I mean, and I don't want to say that in a because I don't want to put a negative connotation on it. I think it's a positive thing. Um, a lot of people he's he's because he's taken a stand. You know, and sometimes it's it's what you do off the track. It's what you do off the field. It's what you do off the court. It's the man that you are or the woman that you are and the stances that you take to make the world around you and yourself a better person and a better place. And Bubba has put a lot on the line for that. And a lot of people, you know, he's taken a lot of flack for, for his taking a stand. Uh, yeah. With that said, there are some, some potential sponsorship things that are being discussed there with RPM, but Bubba himself actually landed a personal um, not bad. yeah, sponsorship deal where it's not a sponsorship, but he's a spokesperson now with uh, Beats by Dr. Dre. He joins the likes of uh, LeBron James <laughs> and others uh, you know, while doing that. So uh, it's a pretty big deal.
1: And that's what I'm wearing on my ears right now. I've got a pair of Beats.
0: Yep, yep, you do. I have a pair of Beats over there somewhere, but not on me right now. So, uh, well, hey,
1: um, before we move on to um, talking about the IndyCar race and the upcoming NHRA return, NASCAR made the news today
0: with mm-hmm. the big
1: announcement around the, about the schedule.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to talk about the news really quick. <laughs> Oh, that, uh, that the ratings were that the ratings were in also for yeah, the- we'll <laughs> talk about that, too. We forgot about that. The
1: ratings were were up for this race. I don't have them in front of me. Uh, let me
0: see. I can find them for you really quick if you'd like me to. Sure. Okay, so uh, the the ratings were in, and basically, Mike, the most viewed sports events for this past weekend on USA TV uh, were, number one, the Brickyard 400 on NBC, 4.343 million viewers, um, followed by, in second place, the PGA Tour final round, which was on CBS, 2.893 million viewers. Um, third place was WWE Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, 1.77 million viewers uh fourth was the xfinity series on nbc 1.683 million viewers and fifth the pga third round uh tour third round uh which was 1.657 million viewers so uh espn it says um Okay, I'm sorry. I was looking up. Also, F1's ratings, I think, were actually up to up 16% from last year for uh, their return. And I tell you, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Lewis Hamilton has also been out there. I don't follow F1 very closely, but I do follow certain drivers, Lewis Hamilton being one of them. And he himself has been extremely vocal about the Black Lives Matter thing. And you also had been hearing rumblings there over Twitter and social media leading up to that race that drivers and crew members were going to take a knee, which they did. Quite a few of them did.
1: I'm not sure if you saw the, all the um, the shirts that they had on, the black shirts that said, like, in racism or something like that.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it was it was huge. Their helmets, the helmets were amazing yeah. on, on a lot of these guys. So very, very, uh, very
1: powerful statement. Dawn, I'm looking at Adam Stern's uh, tweet from a couple days ago. He said that yesterday's race, we're referring to the uh, Cup race, was the most watched sports program on NBC since the Vikings Niners game in January, which that, that would have been a playoff game, I believe. Mm-hmm. The race viewership was four point three four three million, up thirty two percent from last year's corresponding calendar weekend. Uh, and, or three point two eight eight million at Daytona. It was up forty six percent from two point nine seven four million from last year's Brickyard four hundred, and then Don also the um, NBC earned a zero point seven seven fast national rating and a one point four five million viewers for yesterday's or the which was in Saturday's NTT IndyCar Series race. So the um, the uh, between the Cup race, the IndyCar race, and the Xfinity Series race, it earned a one point one rating. million viewers for the uh, Xfinity series. So all three events had had good ratings this weekend. And, um, you know, for being a 4th of July weekend, I think that helped as well. But people were still out doing things, and they actually turned on the TV and watched the races, and I thought that was good.
0: Can I ask you really quick before we move on to your thoughts? Um, First of all, loved James Hinchcliffe. They're talking. I love to hear Hinch talking about NASCAR, Uh talking about the differences and stuff. That that was
1: nice with Mike Tarico and
0: uh yeah,
1: uh, Del Del Jarrett. They were rooftop. They had a great Mm -hmm. view up there. That was really cool.
0: Plus, I thought it was such the timing and stuff was so. I don't want to say perfect, but with the news of Jimmy Johnson, because Dale Jarrett himself had just recently gotten over COVID-19 when he, no. you know, and so he, his analysis. Yeah, stuff, relate to it. Yeah. His firsthand knowledge of it. Uh, and then just, you know, we've talked about this before, but the difference is night and day to me, honestly. And I'm not trying to take anything. This this season I will say this season Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon I feel like have stepped up their game, which I think they've had to because of not being at the track. But you just see the difference is night and day between the NBC mm-hmm. telecast and the and and the Fox telecast in my opinion.
1: When they came on Sunday for the Cup race, they knocked it out of the park with Rick Allen Jeff uh, Burton, um, Dell Jr., Steve LaTarte, the whole gang. I thought they just such a step up from the, the coverage. Not, not that Fox was doing a bad job, but at NBC, they're a little step ahead of the game, I think, right now.
0: Well, and I just think.
1: There's something lacking on the Fox station. And they you know they have good reporters, pit reporters and people, but oh yeah. I I think they have a missing link somewhere, Don.
0: Well, and I I just think that I like the vibe when there's more than two people in there. And and again, not to say anything, you know, DW and Mike Joy, I just felt like it was too much old school stuff, in my opinion, and not enough Jeff there but now it's like you get jeff and i don't know here's what i like what i like about nbc is you get um you get driver analysis in Dell jr and jeff burton you yeah. get father analysis in jeff burton you know with his son there you get yeah. crew chief analysis with crew steve latard <laughs> yeah which i think is huge which that's to me is what where fox screws up is they don't use larry mack enough in my opinion um yeah. And then I kind of miss the Jeff Hammond, you know, being there doing stuff. But Larry Mack needs to be back on, on the broadcast, in my opinion. Um, He just brings too much to it. Uh, But, but, you know, Rick Allen gets a lot of crap on Twitter and social media. I don't know why people, um, you know, people will, will commentate and stuff. And I can't stand Rick Allen or whatever. And, you know, he doesn't know he was never a racer and stuff. And people must not understand or know Rick's background, Rick, you know, I mean, has lived and breathed racing for a long, long time and, and oh. had been calling races all the way back in the dirt series and stuff at his local tracks and stuff. So that's where, what I don't think folks realize. And, and again, I'll give this to Mike joy as well. Dale jr. On his download last year talked about how important and how much respect he has for Rick Allen and what mm-hmm. Rick Allen does when they, remember last year, how they flipped up a lot of times, how like the roles and junior was in charge of bringing them back in or getting out of commercials and stuff. And he said he had no idea. He, and the level of respect you have to have for the lead analyst there who gets you in and out. Anyway, it's all about the transitions and stuff. And so, he talked about that and so in defense of you know rick allen rick's the one that's got the people in his ear talking to him you know he's doing this he's doing that because he's the main guy that's got to get them in and out of the breaks and all and i think rick does a great job and and i'm sorry i've said it before you know i've said it for years that voice sorry that voice is amazing that's a tv voice if i've ever heard one so
1: it's made for tv it's smooth
0: (laughs) And I just, I like, people are like, I hate it because they're all screaming and stuff. I, that's what I love about it. I love their enthusiasm. in yeah. the, booth. You know, it's just more than just, you know, well, let's go to crank them up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which I like. That's what I like about Fox, the crank it's it up thing. When yeah. they're
0: talking and you just get crank it up.
1: And they do the sights and sounds. And that's great.
0: Yeah. All right. Back next back thing. Back. Sorry.
1: No, I wanted to, uh, before we like I said, before we move on, (laughs) we keep inserting a bunch of stuff in here. But that's okay. We're really covering all the bases tonight. So, Uh, Don, NASCAR announces the 2020 schedule through the um, Cup Series regular season finale weekend. And we have, um, basically, we know where we're going in August now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. We're
1: going to kick it off Friday, August the 7th. We're going, the trucks are at Michigan. August 8th, uh, Xfinity's at Road Atlanta. August 8th. Cup cars are at Michigan and then the ARCA cars are in Michigan and there's on the 9th and then the Cup cars are at Michigan on the 9th. So we have like a doubleheader in Michigan on the 8th and 9th of August for the Cup Series.
0: Cool, cool. And then and we, what, we do Dover, I think, or what else are we doing?
1: Uh, let's see, a few days later, the next week, we go to uh, the Daytona Road Course. yes. It's the fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth, and I have all this on racedaysa.com If you want to see the the actual schedule, I have the dates, times, the broadcast station, and all that. Okay, but wait. The, here's uh, a
0: question. Hold on. That Daytona Road Course. Thing. I'm sorry. That's
1: Sunday, August sixteenth at three p.m.
0: Damn it. It's not going to be as great. That's what makes it great uh, when you watch the 24 hours, the Rolex 24 is the nighttime. That's what member people were no. saying, dude, let's put it, put the underglow under the cars. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Never cool. mind. I'm not getting that, but go ahead. I'm still excited about it. But so the
1: Menards, the Arkham Menards cars, the uh, series, the Xfinity series will be Saturday. Sunday is going to be a doubleheader truck race, uh, uh, that'll be on FS1, it says here. The time is, oh, it's at noon. And then at 3 p.m., we're going to have the cup race at the, on the road course at Daytona. And there's a lot of excitement. And speaking of that, well, we're going to hear from him in a minute. We have the audio from um, the Daytona president, uh, Chip Wiley. We're going to hear from him in a second, his reaction to this, because he's real excited about that race being held at Daytona. <laughs> this is the road course that was supposed to be Held at Watkins Glen, but because the numbers are so high in New York and have been so high, plus they have the uh, rule right now that you have to quarantine if you come in from out of state. And some of the people come from North Carolina, and that's one of the states <laughs> so you have to quarantine, so you can't go, can't have that uh, race. but it's so uh, good, Florida,
0: because Florida's great right now. Yeah, the
1: numbers. the numbers are just as high in Florida. <laughs> oh, I don't understand all this. But anyway, uh, Friday, August 21st, uh, 22nd, 23rd, we go to Dover, where there's going to be a doubleheader. Uh, the trucks, uh, Xfinity are going to have two races. The trucks are going to have a race. ARC is going to have a race. Again, I have the schedule, but the Cups uh, will be on, uh, Cup race will be on Saturday, August 22nd, Sunday, August 23rd. So two races at Dover. Both those races are at 4 o'clock. Then we go to um, back to Daytona on the on the uh, 29th of August for the another cup race but this one it's on the oval on mm. the big track. Okay. And that'll be a night that'll be a night race, 7:30 p.m. And uh, so that 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 takes care of uh, the month of August and then after that the playoffs start. So we should be we should be back on the regular schedule this weekend we go to Kentucky and then um, on July twelfth, and I believe a few days later on the fifteenth, we have the NASCAR All Star race at Bristol. I think that's on the fifteenth. So,
0: interesting, a lot of cool, a
1: lot of cool stuff. But hey, uh, the president of Daytona, he's pretty excited. Want to hear what he had to say?
0: Yeah, let's hear what old Chip had to say.
1: Here is what Chip Wiley, president of Daytona International Speedway, had to say.
6: Yeah, well, we're, we're really excited that we're uh, getting an opportunity to run the road course earlier than what we originally expected. You know, we announced uh, in February that we will be utilizing uh, our famed infield road course for the uh, Bush Clash in 2021. So we were prepping for that, and then uh, the opportunity arose for us to be able to uh, to host another event in 2020, uh, and that event obviously will be uh, hosted on our on our road course. Starting on Friday night with uh, with the ARCA series, ARC Menard series, and, and then certainly Saturday with uh, uh, the Xfinity series on track, and Sunday, double header, uh, the, the truck series and the NASCAR cut series. Both will see action on, on our 3.56 mile road course. So, you know, it's uh, it's it, it, it been an exciting uh, couple of weeks here. Last week, we hosted uh, the EMSA. Uh, WeatherTech championship as they return to action this season with the uh, WeatherTech 240 exciting race under the lights last Saturday night, July 4th. So that was a a, a great precursor to what we're going to expect uh, next month uh, with not only uh, the, the road course race, but also the the Coturus Sugar 400 that will set the field for uh, the 2020 playoff. Yeah. It's like uh speed week's, uh, you know, round two in 2020. Uh, You know, the the months of January and February in Daytona Beach and at the Daytona International Speedway are extremely busy uh, with the Rolex 24 and then rolling right into uh, Speed Weeks presented by Adventel. So now we're getting a second bite of the apple with, you know, uh, what, six races and and a matter of two weeks. Um, And and I'll tell you, when I told our team today, everybody was fired up. You know, it's been such a long four or five months here in Daytona. Uh, a lot has transpired. And for us to be able to host two events uh, at the most famous racetrack in the world uh, on two different circuits is going to be something that uh, I think our fans will love. Certainly uh, going to be a challenge for these drivers. Uh, I looked at a list before we came on of, of drivers who current drivers who have participated on, in, a, in a Rolex 24 event here. Uh, it's a pretty distinguished list. You got Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, uh, Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, Michael McDowell. They've all seen action in some form or fashion over the last two decades in uh, and, and a sports car. So see how they do with these really heavy, uh, heavy stock cars here next month. I think it will be an exciting weekend of racing.
1: And there you go, Don. That's Chip Wiley, the president of Daytona International Speedway. And uh, you can tell in his voice he's awfully excited about the um, – series coming back uh for two races in like a six weeks uh time period there so uh, um it's gonna be fun to go back to Daytona I hope the numbers uh go down in the COVID-19 cases so
0: they can have that race uh in Florida I'm sitting here I'm listening to it and um, I was listening to that. I was listening to him talk. And then he he said something about a distinguished list. And then he said, Jimmy Johnson. And I die laughing because this past weekend, I was watching Top Gun. And I don't know if you remember, but there is a classic line in it where they talk about who's number one or whatever. And he's like, the list the list is long and distinguished. And the guy goes, yeah, so is my Johnson. <laughs> and that's all <laughs> I could like, think of when I heard. Sorry.
1: Okay. That's oh, great.
0: We might have our nugget. I'm I'm just saying.
1: There we go.
0: Okay. Well, Anyway,
1: <laughs> but that's the schedule for big news. So I'm I'm real happy to see um some of those events it will seem they be interesting to see how the doubleheader works at some of these tracks like Michigan and Dover and um I'm looking forward to the uh, the stock cars uh cup cars on the road course at uh, Daytona
0: yeah me too so it'll be fun i I, again i'm down more road courses i'm definitely down
1: well speaking of road courses we had a road course race at indy for the indy car series uh-huh and it wasn't as exciting as the the other the cup races or the xfinity race i thought it was was, good it was (laughs) still good and how about scott dixon dawn two in a row running away he uh finishes with a um Great, great finish over Graham Ray Hall. I have the top ten. If you wanted me to read it to you real quick,
0: yes, because I like for you to point out the fact that the guy that I picked to win, that you said, are you sure, Don? Because he's starting all the way back in twentieth. Uh, let let's talk about where uh, Mister Paginal finished. But go ahead.
1: Yes, he did, Mister Paginal. Talking about Simon Paginal finished those strong third. Uh-huh. Yes, he did, and, and Colton Herda. Mm-hmm. Finishes fourth. I think we talked about him.
0: We both picked but, him. I think as our dark horse.
1: Yeah, and uh, I guess you say his name is Rinus R yes. I N U S Rinus V K. Yes, I guess that's how you said he's a rookie driver, the only rookie in the top ten. He finishes fifth. Marcus Erickson was sixth. Joseph Newgarden was seventh. Pato Award was eighth. We talked about him um santino ferrucci don finishes ninth and takuma sato was 10th you mentioned james hinchcliffe a while ago he finished in the 11th spot uh don willpower led 28 laps he was the leader with the or the driver with the most lead laps he finishes all the way down in 20th and then scott dixon was the next driver who had uh the most laps led 26 laps there but dixon i just thought was on a on a tear And uh, two in a row, and it's going to be hard to stop this guy. Uh, If he continues this, uh, this could be uh, a run for the title with everybody chasing him now.
0: Yeah, and I know we've got some audio, some post-race audio, but I was and and I don't want to go and add in other stuff. But yeah. um, one of the cool things that I saw before the race, when it came to James Hinchcliffe, and folks can go back and go to his Twitter and his Instagram page, and you can see this is he did a video and put it up, and he was talking about the fact that one of the people he looks up to the most uh, in IndyCar is his good friend Tony Kanon, and Tony. Yeah was not running this race. And it's the first time uh, in a long time that Tony Kanaan was not at Indianapolis there Uh, running in that road course race, and he said it just didn't feel the same, so he had slapped a TK sticker on the back of his helmet so that in some way, shape, or form, Tony Kanaan was there and was a part of that race running that course. And I thought that was so, so cool. So uh, definitely go and check out the video and listen to the audio of him talking about that because you can see how much TK means to those yeah. drivers, and, and it's going to be a huge loss to not have TK there um, running in these races.
1: You're right, and I hope he comes back next year in some capacity on the television side of the broadcast or something, that he's involved somehow, where we see more of him or
0: I almost he... wonder too. he hasn't said this, but I wonder if we don't see him over in the series running with Elio and Juan Pablo, because yeah. they don't run very often. In the Emsa series? Uh, in the Emsa series, yeah.
1: yeah so, yeah. Um, I And Don, one more note. Um, <laughs> my pick to win the race, Alexander Rossi, finishes 25th out of 26. Oh, wow. he, mechan- he had mechanical problems, so he did not do very well um, in the race on, um, on Saturday. So,
0: wow.
1: I really wow. thought he was going to do better, but I will.
0: Oh, well, But let's hear from Scott Dixon. He yeah, so
1: here's, here's some audio we have from the winner, Scott Dixon. This is his winner circle interview.
5: That's, uh, that's a pretty sweet little lift there. It, uh, I thought it might take a little bit longer, but it looks like they've done some practice there. But uh, so good to be racing here back at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We've had, you know, so many runner-up spots here on the road course. It was just nice to – we got lucky, man. The strategy, the, the team just nailed it. We got lucky with our caution – uh, but as soon as we got the balance right, man, the, uh, the PNC bag number nine just checked out. So it was a pretty easy day towards the end of the part.
2: So when you flipped the strategy, and Mike Hall flipped the strategy at lap 10, did you think a 20-second win might be in the cards as Chip Ganassi comes by with his traditional slap on the back?
5: It, uh, you don't know how it's ever going to go. You know, honestly, with about 15 to go, I thought there was going to be a caution. Have a repack, and, and uh, you know, Graham Rahal was super fast. I couldn't believe his pace actually on the black tires especially early on in that stint. So, um, you know, just happy with uh, having a little bit of luck that put us in the right direction. And once the guys on the car made a change, uh, it was just so much easier to drive and we could check out. And that Honda power today was fantastic. And a uh, big thank you to Firestone for doing all that they do as well. Dominant win at Texas to start the season. Dominant win in the NGGP. If you look
2: at the history of the nine teams, this may be the best the team has ever performed, Scott.
5: Uh, that's pretty tough to say. You know, this team's had some some crazy years, you know, even going back to – 2008 with six or seven wins, you know, we, we've had a good start here, two out of two, uh, but we'll have to see, you know, it's tough competition right now, the series has got huge depth to it, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll keep our heads down and keep chucking on, but I uh, can't thank everybody enough on the PNC Bank team, you know, they just, they keep keep giving it a little bit extra, we, we I messed up in qualifying yesterday, but it was nice to rebound like we did.
1: And, Dawn, there you go. That's Scott Dixon, the winner of the Grand Prix at Indy on Saturday. And, like I said, two in a row, looking really good in that Chip Ganassi racing machine.
0: Yeah, that was him uh, visiting with Marty Snyder. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, he mentioned Graham Hall. Graham Hall after the race, went on Twitter and said, Sorry, honey, it looks like the porn <laughs> stash stays. And she responded to it. Yeah, that that's like – porn stash slash pedophile stash that he has going on it's kind of a scary <laughs> looking mustache uh, that Graham is rocking these days but uh, anyway so
1: yeah and Don, one more thing I wanted to mention before we I guess need to wrap it up here we've been going on forever tonight but um, the NHRA drag racing series the mellow yellow drag racing series roars back into action this weekend at Lucas Oil Raceway in Indy on july the on indianapolis on july 11th and 12th they're going to have the top fuel funny cars or top fuel funny car pro stock pro stock motorcycle all racing there at lucas oil raceway and um it's uh, actually the next two weekends they're going to have races they're doing a double header mm. one this weekend one next weekend it's kind of a soft opening return but some i'm going to have an update on TracksMacRadio.com on friday kind of an update show that I'm going to do. But um, big news in the world of drag racing, John Force Racing Cars with John Force, daughter Brittany, son-in-law Robert Height, and Austin Prock. You know, we you were with me. We interviewed all four of those drivers at the Texas Motorplex last uh, October. They are not entered in this race. Yeah. They will not be this weekend. And they have not announced why or anything. There's been no news, no press releases. Uh, people have asked Sarah Slaughter, the um, people, meaning the reporters of asked Sarah Slaughter, their PR girl who uh, handles all the PR for them. She has declined to comment. Uh, n- none of the families commenting, so we don't know if it's a sponsorship issue, a money issue, or if there's some type of a health issue that John, you know, he's 71 years old, not sure if he wants to really get out there and expose himself to the potentially getting the virus, but this is big news on the NHRA side, and I'm hoping that maybe by Friday when I do the update show, I'll have some information I can share with everybody. But um this race will be on uh Fox, on the Fox broadcast on Sunday. And part of it is gonna be also on Saturday. It's only a Saturday Sunday show. You know, usually they do Friday qualifying, Saturday qualifying, Sunday finals. Doing all the qualifying on Saturday and the finals on Sunday. So they're condensing it down to two days and see how that goes.
0: Well, cool. Well, yeah. I mean, I I can't wait to hear your update on Friday. Um, We will also be recording before the race on Sunday. We'll make sure to give our picks and stuff. uh, They're from Kentucky uh, today. And Mike, again, let's, we'll, we'll, be forthcoming and say this is Wednesday evening as we're recording and when it comes to that Kentucky race the Quaker State 400 NASCAR Cup Series race at Kentucky Speedway they of course did the random draw uh, the draw based on owner points and Kyle Busch will start from the pole uh, for that race Joey Logano will start second followed by Kevin Harvick uh, Eric Amarola Alex Bowman Brad Keselowski uh, Kurt Busch Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and Matt DiBenedetto. We'll give you our picks. We'll talk about that. Pre- that uh,
1: and we'll have some audio as well because we'll have a lot of – there's a lot of stuff that's already been recorded uh, that happened today, some some interviews with even one with NASCAR driver Michael McDowell. So uh, there's a lot of stuff lined up. So we'll be hearing from several people that we can uh, let you know what they have to say because a lot of excitement about this race at Kentucky. Uh, it's going to be hot. You know that track is a little difficult to race on, Don, uh-huh. and so there's there's um, some apprehension with some of the drivers already. With what I'm hearing, and uh, this ought to be a dandy of a race Saturday and, and or Sunday, I think yeah. Sunday afternoon in, in K- Kentucky. I'm, I got the wrong day, but uh, gonna be a hot one up there too.
0: Well, you know, we've, we've got so much to talk about, Mike. I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff tonight. Uh, There's still more to come after this race. We've got Texas coming up and we're still waiting to see because the numbers here keep changing daily. But as of today, everything is still set to go and fans still allowed uh, up to up until 50% capacity there at Texas motor speedway. Uh, So We will definitely be discussing that later in the week as we start to learn more. One of the other things that we didn't get to tonight that uh, we might talk about next week as well is um, interesting topic that we found was, and and again, it kind of tied into that Tyler Reddick deal, um, or we were thinking maybe it did, several several NASCAR teams and NASCAR itself but uh, received benefits from that what is it ppp or whatever it was um, benefits for the small business loans that had gone yeah. out anywhere from what was it a hundred thousand to several like, million dollars
1: Fifteen, fifteen million, i think some of these teams got
0: yeah in help and you and i were just yeah. questioning um you know there's a lot of mom and pop businesses out there in this country that had to close their doors for good and yet there's some pretty wealthy NASCAR teams on this list that got help. And, you know, we also heard about Kanye West and some other people. It just makes you question
1: with with this. So Robert Robert De Niro, the famous actor took out a loan for some of his restaurants and he's being questioned all the money he's made in his acting career. What's he doing taking out a loan for these restaurants? So,
0: yeah. So uh, again, uh, those are things that other topics that we may be able to touch base on you know, later on in the week when we, when we discuss the Kentucky race and stuff, but I think we did a pretty good job tonight. There was a lot.
1: Yeah, we had a lot to cover. Definitely did. And more and more is on the way. And then we also want to just tease a little bit. We're going to be talking to to Texas Motor Speedway president, Eddie Gossage, next week as well. So we have that interview to look forward to.
0: Yep, absolutely. So, uh, Mike, have yourself a good evening. Stay safe.
1: I'm trying. I'm not going anywhere wearing my mask and staying home
0: well there you go guys you take care as well thanks so much for putting up with us uh in our derail moments thanks for riding the train with us (laughs) take
1: a couple times but we got it right back on
0: yeah we (laughs) we we try it's always a fun ride we'll say that so uh, anyways we'll talk with you guys later in the week stay safe
3: Whose butt did you kiss to get in here, huh? Well, the list is long but distinguished. Yeah, well, so is my Johnson.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.